Welcome to Future of Flushing. I'm Vito Khaleesi. With me is Jonathan Barron. Jonathan, I'm in France. You're in New York. And how's everything going over in the Eastern Time Zone? Eastern Time Zone's not bad, Vito. Just uh, wrapped up an episode of Hard Knocks as I was waiting for you to wake up, which this is a week we're going to remember for a long time, I think. Uh, just kind of in, in a good way, in a good way. You know, we're just we're going international now. So, uh yeah, you know, wrapped up the the homestand at City Field and uh, lots of action on the minor league side of things, along with the Mets victory on on uh, Wednesday. Well, before we move on to the Mets player development, I did see that the SpongeBob content you mentioned was coming was a hit on Twitter. It was a good time. I've uh, you know Mark and James and myself discussed this on MetStop. Uh, I had this discussion with a few other folks throughout the day. I find myself having the discussion a lot because <laughs> that's just me. I feel like Sponge SpongeBob is a show that has really transcended like generations almost. You know, I met a, I met a couple of uh, youngsters today. They were uh, getting a tour of an area, and uh, I, I asked them. I was like, "Hey, you guys like SpongeBob?" And they were just like, "Oh yeah, we love SpongeBob." And I'm 31 years old, and I was like, "Yeah, me too." And like, how many things? do 31 and like eight-year-olds agree on that like oh yeah i love that that show it's not there's not many uh many items in that in that bin so i mean when you think about it 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 really has with uh withstood the test of time in, in many ways so yeah it was fun it was fun it was funny i think i think we made uh johan oviedo laugh uh there was a three ball count and uh we went with the i'm gonna i'm gonna try to do this i'm kind of dealing with a cough a sore throat and some other symptoms but we went with that <laughs> i hope i didn't just wake my whole entire house up and uh he laughed on the mound so that was kind of funny <laughs> well dude as sick as you might be that was a great little spongebob laugh you just did um and since you're not feeling too well let's just jump right into things because we're just meeting in the middle we're shifting things so you're gonna go to bed i'm gonna start my day but we're gonna start off here with the syracuse Mets, who won seven to three versus the columbus clippers Carlos Cortez, two for four with a double and a home run. That's his 12th of the year. In his last 21 games, he's got a 451 OBP, slugging 653, and he's got six home runs. Yeah, so you said he has 12 home runs, exactly half of them coming since July 20th for Carlos Cortez. Jack of all trades, can play the infield, can play the outfield, has been red hot of late. Also making waves with Syracuse since his promotion. Talked about him last night. Going to talk about him again. Southfielder Brandon McIlwain, a guy that can truly make an impact on both sides of the baseball on Wednesday. Didn't pick up a hit, but he drew a walk, had an RBI, stole two bases. So that's 14 steals overall, and he plays great defense. So Brandon McIlwain, like Carlos Cortez, continue to make positive impacts for the for the Syracuse Mets. And lastly, Joe Swazi went one for two with a home run and two walks. That's his third home run with Syracuse. And back-to-back wins for the Syracuse Mets, so the boys are getting all heated up right now. And I heard a great argument recently, John. It's why do we say heated up when things are already hot? Well, what would you say? They're conti- they're continuing to heat. They're already heated. That that would you argue? Hard. Who'd you argue with this about? Who did you have this argument with? I, I, that's what no, I want to know. It wasn't. I, I'm not over here in France just like yelling about the term heated up. I heard it on a different podcast, and I was like, what an amazing argument. I'm not going to take credit for this amazing argument. It was on. The Effectively Wild podcast. Oh, okay. Um, I, thought, 
I thought like on your flight over, you know, someone was like, oh, I'm heated <laughs> up for France. And you were like, excuse me, sir. Uh, if you're excited, you're already hot. So the oven's I- on, buddy. Um, let's talk about the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. Lost 10-7 to to the Portland Sea Dogs. Tyler Stewart, three innings. Gave up three runs and six strikeouts on 66 pitches. But the thing to note about this, 104 and two-thirds innings pitched this season. He only threw a little over 40 between Southern Mississippi and a cup of coffee in FCL and Lale. Because remember, we talked to him about this. We've talked to you guys before. He did transition from a reliever to a starter. So he's just working those innings counts back up. And he's just, you know, he's making his way towards the end of a really long season for himself. Yeah, this is not something that's uncommon, especially this time of the year. Remember, the minor league seasons, they end a little earlier than the major league season. And like you mentioned, Tyler Stewart has blown away his innings pitch total from the previous season. We also saw the Mets and the Rumble Ponies do this with Dom Hamill in his last start. So nothing to be alarmed about. Tyler Stewart, very good outing. No hard, not much hard contact in this one against a good Portland Sea Dogs team. And the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, they did go down early. They were down 10-1, to but they fought back. This was a 10-7 loss. They scored six runs in the eighth inning. Big star on the offensive ball, on the offensive side of the ball. On Wednesday was Drew Gilbert, three for five, and a double. He's hit safely in four straight games now. Jeremiah Jackson had a two-run single. And JT Schwartz, we talked about how hot he had been since returning to the Rumble Ponies lineup coming off an injury. He was two for three, an RBI single. And a bases loaded walk, so Schwartz continues to contribute offensively for the Rumble Ponies. John, we're just speeding through this episode right now. Let's just kick it up. We're just heating up right now. We're already hot. Let's talk about the Brooklyn Cyclones lost seven to one versus the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Jordani Vantura allowed four runs over four innings with four strikeouts. Brendan Hardy, though, six up, six down with two strikeouts. So you love to see that from him. Also, I don't know if you've been following the Brooklyn Cyclones on Instagram, but Brendan Hardy's back to being the on-field reporter for them. Brendan Hardy is a hilarious dude who throws hard. A tall kid, 6'4", really uses those levers. Devastating wipeout, breaking pitch, and good to see another solid performance by Brendan Hardy, who's been really, really good this season with Brooklyn the ERA under two for Hardy. So he continues to thrive and looking forward to seeing his strong end to this, this season. And do you know what the name of his segment is called, John? Uh, Hardy Knock Life. No, man, you, John, John watches one TV show in a year or two, and he's just all on the brain as Hard Knocks right now. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even think about that, honestly. <laughs> uh, Hardy Knocks would have been a good one. Uh, I don't know what is it. Hard hitting questions. Hard. Okay, that's that's pretty much the same thing. No, there's not there's not that much of a difference, but. Um, he told us about that. We were told by multiple people about this segment he did before the season, so it was really fun to see him doing that over in Brooklyn. But how can it be a Brooklyn Cyclones game without talking about Jet Williams, who got on base twice with a hit and a walk? We've said this before, the three things in life, death, taxes, and Jet Williams getting on base. John, you want to mosey on down to Florida now that we've kind of covered everything from Brooklyn? Let's mosey on down to Port St. Lucie, Florida. St. Lucie Mets, they lost 4-3 to to the Jupiter Hammerheads, but a lot to talk about from this game. The first thing to talk about is left-handed starter Felipe De La Cruz, who had a season-high 10 strikeouts for the St. Lucie Mets on Wednesday. He tossed six innings, allowed just two hits, two unearned runs, so two runs, neither was earned. 
And of course, those aforementioned 10 strikeouts. In the last two starts now for De La Cruz, the lefty, 11 innings of work, 19 strikeouts with just four walks, a 38.5% whiff rate, well above, well above league average, and a 33% chase rate. So opponents are fishing at one of every three pitches that they, that they see outside the strike zone from De La Cruz. In the last two starts, the big put-away pitch for him has been the slider. Eight of his 19 strikeouts have come with that pitch. And on the season, De La Cruz has a whiff rate even higher than the one I just told you about. His whiff rate with his slider this year is 42.1%. He throws a, mid, a mid-90s fastball. He sinks it well, and he has the wipeout slider, a 22-year-old who arguably puts forth his best start of the season. But we've talked about him a lot and how he struck out a lot of batters, and he's really worked on his control this season, and that all came to the forefront on Wednesday. Wilfredo Lara went three for four. In his last four games, he's six for 16 with a double and a home run. And a note about Wilfredo Lara, he isn't even 20 until next April. So to put that into context, by the time the Mets start their season next year, we're already a month into the season. He's still a year away from having a drink legally. He's still drinking uh, sparkling apple juice in the clubhouse. He's playing competition that's two years older than him on a pretty much nightly basis. So it's just really exciting to see what these young guys are doing over at the Florida complexes on the St. Lucie Mets side and the complex league side. How young these guys are and how they're just rising up to every occasion they're asked for. And Laura leads the team with 12 home runs this season. So glad you mentioned that he's playing against competition much older than him. The age that he's at is really around the league average age in the Dominican Summer League. And he's two levels beyond that. So Laura's a guy to, to keep an eye on. A guy that hits the ball very hard plays the corners, plays the outfield. Very exciting young prospect for the St. Lucie Mets. Another exciting prospect for the St. Lucie Mets is Kevin Villavicencio, whose name we love to say so much. Went two for four with a double. And during a 10-game hitting streak, he's batting 395 with a 400 OBP and a 632 slugging percentage. So Kevin Villavicencio, it's just, I feel like we bring him up every single night. We do bring him up quite often. And for good purpose, of course, that 10-game hitting streak you mentioned. Another guy we bring up a lot, that's Brandy DeOlio of DSL Blue. They won 4-3 to three on Wednesday. They defeated the DSL Rangers. DeOlio, another two hits. We said it on Sunday. It feels like every day, an easy day's work with two knocks for the middle infielder, Brandy DeOlio. So on the season now, after Wednesday's game, an OBP hovering right around 400 at 392 and an OPS of 864 for the young Brandy DeOlio. Arlison Rodriguez, he was... The big story on the pitching side here came in relief, but pitched six innings in relief. A young lefty from Curacao, he tossed six innings, one run ball. Now he has an ERA under three. It stands at 295 in 42 and two-thirds innings. So DSL Blue, DSL Orange, littered with talented arms. Franklin Gomez, we talked about yesterday, gets that promotion stateside, and he dazzled in that stateside debut. Arlison Rodriguez also having a lot of success for DSL Blue this year. And to put a little bit of a bow on this episode, the FCL Mets lost 4-1 to versus the FCL Astros. But three hits all by recent draftees, Kellum Clark, Jake Zitella, and Boston Barrow. So we love seeing things from those draftees. I mean, it's really cool that in baseball you get drafted and then you could be out there just playing within basically the month. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that were in the 2023 draft that have had major success both in the Met organization and outside the Met organization, a couple guys already in double A 
So, you know, that that's the thing about current day baseball, Vito, is I think the path to the major leagues, it's a little easier than it used to be. It used to be uh, somewhat of a formality that guys would have to hit every single level up the chain. But now teams, they're promoting talent. So uh, it's good to see that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was pretty quick, Vito. We're under 15, but I do want to just ask you, how's your trip been? What did you do yesterday? You just woke up. What's on the docket for today? All right, yesterday I went on a food tour um, of Marseille. Did you have some of those cro- croquettes, whatever, monsoons? Cro- that you were- no. So the I food said touring- croquette monsoons. You did croquette monsoons. Um, the, the food tour we did yesterday was actually pretty interesting. It was not like traditional French food. Marseille is a very diverse city with a, a lot of immigrant influence. So it was all based on the different foods of Marseille. Um, we had some Syrian food. We had some African food. We had this, we had some lemon. We, we had this really interesting lemon drink that they make that's basically, I don't even want to call it a puree, but they make it. It's not a lemonade. It's not a puree, but it's it's using the entire lemon, rinds and all. And like this really it from? thick syrupy thing from, I don't remember what what ethnicity the the restaurant was, but it was really good. I can't even remember the name. It was a food. It was a six hour food tour where we didn't eat too much food. We were really just learning a lot about like different places and different villages. I'm big on um I'm big on when you land in a city doing a food tour or a walking tour on your first day or two because like it kind of gives you the lay of the land. You find out places you can eat for the rest of the trip. Um. John, the thing I got to tell you about was something I saw on my way to the gym in the morning yesterday. So the nice thing about waking up for the podcast is that I just wake up and I wander over to one of the local French gyms at like 6 a.m. here. And I saw something. I saw something very illegal. Was somebody looking at Blade Tidwell's statistics since May 17th while operating a vehicle? But I was walking to the gym and I look up on this hill. And there's two cars and about 25 teenagers. And um, they were just pumping up balloons with whipped cream cans. Oh, they were doing whip. Yeah, I didn't know if I was allowed oh. to say whippets or not on the podcast. I don't know, but let's just go for it. Dude, these kids at like 5 a.m. were just pounding whippets on a hill, like 25 of them, like, like, like roaches all over the place. Just like it was. It was, I was, I was, I felt like a, I felt like an old man. I was like, what, what, what's going on here? Well, you, you did, uh, I believe call Marseille. I think grungy was the word that you used. Gritty, gritty. Uh, I don't think that's what you said. I don't think you said gritty. Gritty's did the Flyers gritty? mascot. You didn't say gritty. You said grungy. Grungy's not the Flyers mascot. <laughs> so, I mean, that does check out though, which is the thing. I told that, you it was uh, like that, Naples. That, yeah, I I didn't I I I've, I've flown into Naples. I never uh, really explored too much, but six a.m. is probably a little early for uh, the whippets. I, I'll say that much. I guess I mean like you have to assume that it wasn't like the start of their night; it was the end of their night. I I mean yes, you know like you know it's funny because there's Vito the American screaming about how he can't get his iced coffee at five thirty in the morning. And then, you know, these people, these French, these French folks are just, you know, ripping whippets at 530 probably in the morning. Just a very, very uh, two, two very opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, you're starting your day looking for a little caffeine pick me up and they're just, uh, you know, 
sucking in whipped cream air. Yeah. So, yeah. And I had been seeing these canisters. The, their whipped cream canisters are gigantic, and they look like they look like nitrous oxide you'd see on a car, like that big blue tube. So I just been like wondering, like, man, I was just been, I was like, man, people really like whipped cream in France before I saw this. So it was nice to finally get some answers. Well, I'm glad that you cracked the code, Vito. That's good. Yeah, man. But I feel like we cracked the code. We told you about the Mets minor leagues, and we did it all in under 20 minutes, which is feels like a new record for us. Under 20 minutes. Glad to be here with you. Glad you're having fun. You said you got the wedding tonight, right? The wedding tonight, so uh, we could be having a fun episode for you all. All right. Well, you enjoy that wedding. Hope everyone enjoyed all the Mets player dev for the night, Wednesday, August 16th. Vito, is the music playing right now? What, what do you think? We'll see you all in the future. And we do our homework here on the Future of Flushing prod- podcast. Profiets mantient de la musique de stock en anglais. Bro. Something like that. How are you not here? I mean, that's better than anything I've done. Yesterday, I, I, a kid dropped his toy and I handed it to him and he said merci and then I froze and I didn't know what to say, so I just said bonjour. That's a good way to end the episode. <laughs>